Hello, I am Dr. Tyra Lindsay Warren, host of this brand new podcast, Real Values, Real News. As the founder of the Waco Family and Faith International Film Festival in Waco, Texas, as well as a film, theater, and live events producer, I wanted to create an entertainment program where everyone who is a fan of film, entertainment, the performing arts, could come and feel welcomed. Therefore, this is a space where we can discuss the film and entertainment industry and the real, R-E-E-L, values that can exist and or should exist in the business. We also will have fun discussing the latest films and artistic projects by well-known filmmakers and artists that you know and those who you may not know and are up and coming. Ultimately, I believe that the power of storytelling in films and more can open hearts and minds so that we can all perhaps treat each other a little better, love each other a little better, and truly realize our full humanity and that we are more alike than we are different. Sounds good? So let's get started. Our guest is a theater executive in the Central Texas region. Specifically, Mr. Eric Shepard is the executive director of the Waco Civic Theater and a recipient of the 2021 Champions Award of the Waco Family and Faith International Film Festival. The award recognizes individuals and organizations that are exemplars of what I call, quote unquote, good disruption in film, television, entertainment, and the performing arts industries. Welcome, Eric, to Real Values, Real News. Thank you. Are you sure you've got the right guest? That person sounds like they've accomplished something. <laughs> you have. What are you talking about? You have. So let's get started, if okay. you don't mind. Sure. Um, as the executive director of Waco Civic Theater, let's start with you sharing your real, R-E-E-L, values or your philosophy approach, so to speak, when it comes to the productions and plays that you bring to Waco Civic Theater and the overall Waco community. Okay. Uh, I think one of the things that I always try to keep in mind is is the story we're telling or the, the show that we're putting on stage, is it telling a story that uh, has resonance for us, right? Mm -hmm. uh, what in particular about that show is is worthwhile? So something like uh, Music Man, mm -hmm. you know, uh, which we were scheduled to do uh, in May, mm -hmm. uh, which we'll do next May, I guess, <laughs> uh, was interesting because it seemed to reflect the... Uh, doubt about uh, people who are artists and con men at the same time, mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, and what was behind uh, a person's, what motivations might lead them to live the kind of life they lead. Mm -hmm. uh, not to get overtly political, but, you know, they're the uh, the leader of our country and, and will be, you know, for a while, was chiefly famous as a marketer, right? Mm. You know, mm -hmm. uh, and he, he marketed himself as a, a massively successful businessman. But, mm -hmm. you know, the real story was he was really good at marketing himself. Mm -hmm. That seems to be his, you know, his prime achievement. And, mm -hmm. you know, the name and, you know, mm -hmm. the family name and whatnot. And I thought, what is it about us that uh, that makes us susceptible and falls for it? Because mm. even in, you know, 1890s Iowa, they were aware of traveling salesmen. <laughs> right. You know? Yet they went for Harold Hill. Mm -hmm. Why do we do that? Mm -hmm. You know, 
Um, and why would a, a woman in that town fall in love with a guy like that, knowing what she knew about him? Mm -hmm. And what was special about this woman that uh, made this traveling salesman who could have his pick of, you know, you know, you know, a say, uh, what, uh, uh, a girl in every town? Yes. Right? Uh, what made him uh, fall for Marion? And so I thought that's what we want to explore with this production of uh, The Music Man. Mm -hmm. uh, now, certainly you're going to get your 76 trombones, Of course, right? I'm singing yeah. it in my head right yeah, now. Yeah, 76 right. trombones. Yeah. Da -dum, da -dum. <laughs> but, but what does My White Knight mean? You know? I <gasps> love that song. Right. What does the sadder but wiser girl for me, what, what does that mean in our current context, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and so even with an old chestnut like that, I'm always looking for what is the, the current relevance? How does it uh, relate to us uh, as we live in whatever this you know day or decade happens to be? Yeah. Yes. So that's always a, a question. Mm -hmm. uh, another one, of course, is the, the is is that story a good story to tell? Is it an interesting way of telling this particular story? Because mm -hmm. depending on who you talk to, there's either seven or thirty-seven stories, right? Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. just variations on them. Mm -hmm. um, so, is this telling of that tale, uh, or is this story one that we really should come back to? Uh, mm -hmm. Um, there's always a commercial aspect too, right? Of you course. Know, we want people to buy tickets to our shows because right. uh, we can do brilliant, brilliant work and then close up shop. Mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm. <laughs> so we want to be able to strike a balance between things that appeal to a, a, a wider audience and things that are, are uh, um, interesting, yes. uh, lasting, uh, or have uh, an impact beyond just the box office, right? Right. And I, I think... Um, one of the, the other values that is uh, apart from the individual work that we do is are we serving the needs of the artists uh, who are working with us? Mm -hmm. uh, could they be a person who is a former professional who wants to experience, you know, the roar of the grease paint, the throw right. of the crowd, right? Again, is it a person who uh, wants to grow their career, whether they be an actor, musician, uh, dancer, mm -hmm. uh, designer? Mm -hmm. uh, are we serving their needs? Um, and are we serving uh, the needs of the community uh, in whatever that means, right? right? You know, uh, by providing an educational and experiential or uh, an artistic or uh, simply entertainment. Uh, so are we doing those things uh, uh, in our work? Uh, so we're always asking that, you know, mm -hmm. and it, it's, it's not as easy as, you know, are we serving our mission statement? Because our mission statement ought to reflect those sorts of things. <laughs> but, you know, is the work we're doing important, valuable? Does it, is, it, is it serving more than just the people who are involved in it? Yes. Right. Yes. And I love that take on Music Man because that seems to be a trend, right? Mm -hmm. um, what was it? Last year, two years ago, Oklahoma on yes. Broadway, Tony mm -hmm. Award winning. I happened to um, have the opportunity to work with the woman uh, the young lady, I should say, who won the Tony for Best Actress in the Wheelchair. Ellie Larder? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I loved, you know, we were working on a whole film festival situation in Cincinnati, and she had to, believe it or not, Eric, she she couldn't come because she had to audition, or it was during that time when she uh -huh. was auditioning for Oklahoma oh, or wow. something like that. Mm -hmm. Who would have known? <laughs> <laughs> right. Because, um, you know, we were really close to signing that deal. Mm -hmm. But the purpose is taking those old classics, yes. you know, Rodgers and Hans Hammerstein, um, was it w Wilson? Uh, Meredith Wilson. Yes, Meredith mm -hmm. Wilson, who mm -hmm. wrote Music Man. And, you know, flipping it. <laughs> mm -hmm. and making it resonant, res resonate, I guess I should say, mm -hmm. to today's audience. Because how you just explained it, given the context yes. of today, brilliant. I mean, 
Well, I mean, that's if that's what it is. You're right. That's what he was. That's what Harold Hill was. If they're really good shows, they do it anyway. Yeah. You know, uh, in Oklahoma, you want what's interesting to me is explore the role of Judd. Right. Mm -hmm. He can't dominate the show. Doesn't work with the plot. But he's so much more interesting than he's often, you know, led to be. And what sort of prejudices would the the farmer and the cowhand in what way are those represented? What we're doing today, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Because those uh, ways of uh, picking the in groups and the out groups, uh, and you know. Uh, being tribal mm-hmm. are things that we're we're dealing with in 2021. Right. They were writing about it, you know, in the 1940s in a different context, mm-hmm. but it's the human condition, yes. right? Yes, 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 yeah. human condition. And it's so funny, at the beginning of COVID, I was on spring break in New York City, had tickets in hand for West Side Story, oh, wow. right? Mm-hmm. And I <sighs> canceled. Yeah. <laughs> So as soon as they open next year, um, my sorority sister and I will be back to see West Side Story. It's it's the same thing. It's a whole reboot, mm-hmm. you know, on the human condition. Right. All of us as human beings on this earth. I love that. Okay. Let's move on. This is sure. so fabulous. I don't really get to talk theater that often. Okay. So let's go back to your beginnings. Sure. How did you get started working in theater and the performing arts? Um, well, I mean, uh, there are a lot of stories like this, but, uh, third grade, we were doing a play mm-hmm. and, uh, I was a good reader. And so they gave me a big part mm-hmm. and, uh, I was a ghost and it was, you know, I don't know, you know, Halloween pageant or something like that, <laughs> but the ghost was a big part, Okay, but the ghost was covered up with a sheet, you know, the typical right to, um, eye holes in a sheet. And mm-hmm. we didn't have to memorize the lines that we were reading. And I thought to myself, I love doing this, but I hate that the sheet is covering me. No one can see me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and and the die was cast right there. Right. Okay. Um, I uh, was a theater major in uh, college as an undergrad, but I realized I, I wasn't getting an education, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and I went to a, a small liberal arts college, which allowed you, it was kind of cafeteria plan. Mm-hmm. So I was a minor in uh, philosophy, business, um, theater, history and English. Mm. If, if 12 hours is what you need for a minor, uh, and I took absolutely the minimum science and, you know, I took one PE class cause I had to, mm-hmm, right. You right. Know, and it was tennis, right. So <laughs> <laughs> we just knocked the ball back and forth. Yeah. Right. And everything else was just taking all the classes that I wanted. And so I got a great education. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, uh, took, uh, a seminar in, in, in Latin and, and I took a, a Chinese history class. Mm-hmm. I mean, just all of these things that interested me. So, uh, what then happened in my life is I went, man, there's so much to experience. So I have this near theater degree, right? Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I got an English degree because that was what I had the most hours in, not because I think, oh, I should be an English teacher, you uh-huh. know? And so I began to go out and experience the world mm-hmm. and uh, uh, traveled all the time. And then I started teaching and teaching allowed me to work nine months of the year and travel three months of the year. So I began to do that. But more and more, the things that I ended up wanting to do were theater related. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, audition for a small professional production uh, there in Austin at uh, a now defunct theater called the Live Oak Theater. But they were going to pay me to be an actor. And mm-hmm. I said, man, that's, I mean, it was $150, yeah. right? You know, for nine weeks work. And I thought, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> I have to do this. Right. So just kept auditioning and then uh, left Austin in the, the early 90s, uh, went to an actor training program at Actors Theater of Louisville. Mm-hmm. Uh, loved, again, the education. It wasn't so much the acting. It was the education in the theater business. And then immediately got hired as a director and then got hired as a director after that. And I said, the universe is telling me I need to be a director. 
<laughs> right. So I got the offer to come back to Texas uh-huh. to get my master's degree at Baylor in mm-hmm. theater directing. Okay. And I did that in the late 90s. And before I finished my degree, I had a job directing. I had two. Hmm. I took one that was a permanent job, but mm-hmm. uh, instead of just directing a show. And I said, here's confirmation for me if I ever needed it that this is the pathway I'm supposed to be right. on. So I, uh, I ran a theater for 13 years in Colleen. And then uh, uh, when uh, Waco Civic Theater was looking for a director uh, eight years ago, okay. uh, I put my name in the in the hat and or my hat in the ring. Yes. Name, name, name in the hat. That's gotcha. it. Yeah. <laughs> so th- a lot of this has been, you know, accidental and uh-huh. uh, a lot of it has been semi-intentional. Love it. Yeah. Responding to what the universe tells you, right? Yes, definitely. You have yeah. to be open, right? To right. hear it, right? Right. So, okay. So let's keep talking about sure. Waco Civic Theater. Okay. What have been some of your favorite productions uh, that you brought to the theater? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just, you know, tell us, you know, just okay. tell us all that good stuff that you're doing over there. Well, the one of the high achievements uh, for a lot of reasons was doing Les Mis. And we mm-hmm. did that... Uh, uh, Several years ago, um, uh, back in 2014 and uh, 2015, and it was um, it was remarkable to work on a piece of work that good, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the the feeling that the cast had for each other is unlike almost anything I've ever experienced in the theater. For three years afterwards, the cast would get together uh, for a, a Christmas party mm. and go Christmas caroling. Mm-hmm. And if you can imagine, you know, eight-part harmony of Hark the Herald nice. walking around the neighborhood. It was... Yes. <laughs> Um, so there was a, a great deal of cast bonding that mm-hmm. went on uh, with that particular show, which is one of the beautiful things about community theater, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because we we had as one of our leads uh, a, a woman who had two master's degrees, right? Okay. One of our other leads was a former professional opera singer whose wife was a professional accompanist. Oh, uh, wow. Uh, one of our other male leads uh, was a general practitioner doctor who had a, a who should have been singing professionally, right? But, you know, right. <laughs> but instead, he was a doctor, right? Right. Uh, great guy, love him to death. Uh, and you know, he's here in Waco too. Uh, and uh, people who were uh, uh, selling insurance mm-hmm. or securities, you know, mm-hmm. or, or were teachers. Uh, and we originally thought we were going to hold the auditions over two afternoons. Mm-hmm. Uh, it stretched for four days to wow. see all the people. We had over two hundred people audition to oh be in Les Mis. And the cast calls for about 30 people, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we cast 67. Oh, my gosh. Because they were so good, you didn't want to say no. And I thought, well, look, they can be a, you know, a townsperson in this scene, and they can be a worker in that mm-hmm. one, and they can be a prisoner in that scene. Uh, and that girl can be you know, a, a, you know, a worker in the factory, and she can also be a prostitute, and she can be mm-hmm, a nurse, and mm-hmm. she can be a, you know. Yeah. So uh, it was the, the best about community theater, the guy who was our music director for that show, PhD in music, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and uh, for, uh, people who... We're in that orchestra. We're uh, members of the Waco Symphony or the Baylor Symphony or had worked professionally. And so mm-hmm. you've got this really high level of artistic talent at the same time as you've got people who genuinely love being around each other, you know. Nice. And many of us have been friends ever since. So that's a really long answer. Uh-huh. But it's it's the th- one of the things that makes community theater special and worthwhile, mm-hmm. right? Uh, uh, a lot of the professional people I know form really great attachments. Uh, but they're more vagabond, right? And so they're mm-hmm. in this city, and they, they when they're in that city, they can see that person. But, mm-hmm. you know, in, in community theater, you can see that person in the grocery store. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was a, uh, that was a, a big one. I, I think another one that was really uh, satisfying for me was working on the, the musical Once. Okay. Um, 
uh, and it's all the stuff that goes with it. It's not just the show, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so I saw the uh, the show. I intended to see it in New York. I'd heard it was great. Really wanted to go see it. Uh, I'm getting uh, my haircut because uh, I needed a haircut uh, the day before the show. The guy who's cutting my hair uh, it tells me a story about once when I tell him that's what I'm going to go see. And mm -hmm. he says, oh, yeah, I, I've taken my dad. I've been seven times, but I took my dad to see it. And I said, mm -hmm. really? Uh, and he said, yeah, um, my dad and I don't get along. I mean, uh, I'm gay. He's not really happy with it. He's mm -hmm. a rancher from New Mexico, and he I'm a hairdresser, and I'm gay, and I live in right. New York. Mm -hmm. So, you know, check all the boxes of things you don't want your son to be if you're a rancher in New Mexico, right? right? Uh, but he said, we're in New York. Let's go see a show. I took him to go see once, and he loved it, loved it, thought right. it was fantastic. And he said, son, I, I, I understand why you love theater so much. Mm. Uh and so he's telling me about it, and I'm thinking, well, that's great. That's mm -hmm, fantastic. Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm getting all misty-eyed. This is a, an auditory medium, but my eyes are getting all misty. Yes. Here, you know? <laughs> so I go to see the show, and I walk in, and um, I've since found out that I actually do have Irish genes in my DNA, mm -hmm. but for 40-some-odd years, I just believed it in my heart. Right? Okay, okay. <laughs> so I walk in to see once, and there's a bar on stage, and they're singing Irish folk songs, and I'm like, this is fantastic. I love this. This mm -hmm. is perfect. Mm -hmm. I start to see the show, and I, I just, I, the whole time, I'm just uh, tears running down my face because it, it, the, the sound of the music meant so much to me in the story that they were telling. Mm-hmm. So I immediately contacted our uh, rights holders, uh, Music Theater International. I said, are you doing the show? You're going to have this show. And they said, yeah, I, we're in negotiations, but we have nothing to announce. And, mm -hmm. you know, we might not get it. It might be years or whatever. So every once in a while, I would pester them about it. Okay. Well, three years later, we got the rights to do the show. Okay. And I said, look, I, I, I get the way this works. You know, we're last in the pecking order. Professional theaters get it first. Touring shows get it mm -hmm, first. Mm -hmm. Just let us know the moment it becomes available. So it was, I asked for a contract. I got one that day. I signed it and sent it back to them immediately along with the check so mm -hmm. that they couldn't change their mm -hmm, mind, mm -hmm. you know. I still had to wait almost a year to do the show. Oh, wow. Uh, and then we put that show together. And again, it's one of the shows where people came out of the woodwork. You mm -hmm. know, we had no difficulty casting the show. And I had a, a, a fantastic choreographer and a great music director. Mm -hmm. And at one point, every person on stage was playing a musical instrument. So mm -hmm, you got mm -hmm. 17 people at right, once. Right. And uh, I couldn't, I, if that show could run still, I would be running it still, nice. right? It was It was a great experience working on that show with those people. Uh, under those conditions. Okay. Uh, there are others, but those two really come to mind. Well, do you find then that musicals work better than dramas with this particular, with the Waco community? Oh, that's theater-wide, right? Okay. You know, right. Uh, so, you know, in one day, more people saw a waitress than probably saw the whole run of uh, the incident of the dog. You know, <laughs> the curious incident of the dog. Yes, yes, night, yes. Right, yeah. So, uh, and they're both beautiful. They're right. both tremendous, well worth doing, but, mm -hmm. you know, far fewer people are going to see a, a straight play than a musical. Far fewer people are going to see a drama than a comedy. Mm -hmm. Just the way that it works. Mm -hmm. So what what I've been you know trying to sneak in is musicals that are dramatic, you know, <laughs> like Les Mis, you know, okay, you know, okay, or Sweeney Todd, or yes. Once. You know, yes. it's a love story that doesn't work out, right? Uh -huh, you know, uh -huh. they don't end up together. You want them to, but they don't, and you know, uh, and so it's got that uh, that Irish sense of longing, you know, and, mm -hmm. and uh, disappointment, and but finding the beauty in in it, right? Okay. You know, so okay. we do dramas. We just set them to music. <laughs> I'm a musical girl, so oh, I love oh, oh, tremendous love it, stuff. Love it, love yeah, it. yeah. Um, so, given what you just shared, mm -hmm. what have been some of your challenges with the Waco Civic Theater, as well as some of the triumphs? Well, I think uh, 
one of the things that I've, I sort of alluded to in talking about doing the show once is that, uh, and I talked about it with Music Man, is that it isn't enough just to do these shows, right? Mm-hmm. You have to have a take on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and there are some of those shows that are chestnut, some of those that are more uh, recent that they, they just don't speak to me as an artist and I don't know if they're going to speak to our audience. So we, we try to avoid those things. We try to find uh, work that uh, uh, is remarkable in some way, okay. right? Uh, and so if you're doing a show like one that I, I acted in, uh, didn't direct, uh, Boeing, Boeing, mm-hmm. uh, it's silly. I mean, it, there's nothing socially redeeming about it. And maybe that's what's great about it, right? <laughs> but it's physical humor, you know, mm-hmm. slamming doors, people, you know, jumping over furniture. And, you know, there's uh, bathroom humor and there's, you know, wordplay uh, and it's uh, situational irony. And it, there was the challenge of making that thing seems special and like it had never happened before, right? So that's always one of the challenges is the, is the way in which we tell the story in the immediacy of the moment, not mm-hmm. just, you know, the meaning of it, but are we telling it as so that it is irreplaceable as a live theatrical event? Okay. You know, it's not a rehash of a movie. It doesn't look like it was on TV. It doesn't look like that same version of that show you saw 20 years ago, right. or, you know, whatever. Uh, so that's one of the challenges. Um, one of the other challenges we have um, that's true about... Uh, uh, civic theater in some locations, Waco, we have that uh, revolving door because of Baylor, right? Mm. You know, so you've got mm-hmm. professors, you've got students, you've got spouses, tremendously mm-hmm. talented, you mm-hmm. know, uh, who cycle through, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I've got some MCC students for two years, some Baylor students for f- three years, mm-hmm. you know. If they're theater majors, it's even harder because, you know, th- they uh, are not allowed to to do work until they've fulfilled their requirements at okay. Baylor, right? Okay. So really it's two years at Baylor, okay. even though they're at the school for four years. Um, and so there's that challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there's life, too. I mean, one of my most talented uh, uh, collaborators there at the theater is a woman who, uh, and I'm going to go down a rabbit trail here, love her to death, but she really likes to have babies. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> I've known her through three pregnancies. And so, you know, okay. I say, hey, Elizabeth, you want to do a show with us next year? And she says, well... I would love to, but we're expecting, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, she's a professional dancer, choreographer, mm. uh, was uh, uh, educated at the Kennedy Center, mm-hmm. uh, but she's also a very devoted mom. Yeah, of a- course. And so we work when she's available. Of course. I yes. work with Elizabeth when she's available. So that's another one of the challenges. You know, what you get with community theaters, you get to see them in the grocery store, but what, <laughs> what you also get is, well, they have a kid in T-ball, you mm-hmm, know, or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm, I just don't know if this is the right time because, you know, my husband has a new job right. or whatever. So just life. Yeah, that's stuff. That's, exactly. Uh-huh. Yes. And unlike me, they don't think theater is the most important thing in the world. (laughs) They think feeding their children (laughs) and keeping a roof over their head is somehow more important than doing a play. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's a challenge is uh, in community theaters, you're not, you're not working with people who are devoted to the former making a living from it or available, Mm -hmm. you know, and, or like most actors, like I want to know when the next job is. Mm -hmm. They're like, when can I fit theater into my schedule? Right. Like me. Yeah, like right. I'm trying to do yeah. with Lady Day, right? Lady Day at Emerson Grill. At the Emerson Barn Grill, yes, yes. yes. Trying to fit it into my life. Someday, but fingers crossed. I'm, I'm gonna fit it in, Eric. I'm yeah. gonna fit it in. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Fantastic. So, what's, what's been your best theater story so far? So this is a theater-related story, not okay. a theater story. Uh, so when I was at Actors Theater of Louisville in the, in the mid-'90s in the actor training program, they have a thing called the Humana Festival of New Plays okay. every year. And uh, they bring in uh, playwrights, uh, uh, some of whom are uh, you know, established artists, some of whom are uh, beginning of career and everyone in between. Uh, and some of those folks have worked in other mediums. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they have professional relationships that they can bring to bear with a new show. Okay. And uh, people will come to town to see 
you know, their friends uh, who have uh, premiered a play or who are acting in a play. Um, so theater people are just like the rest of us, mm-hmm. a little more jaded in some ways, but mm-hmm. they're just like the rest of us. So there was a very special guest who'd come to see his friend's play mm-hmm. at Actors Theater. Okay. So I'm walking down the hallway, and this is an underground hallway underneath uh, the uh, theater in the round there, the, the Bingham Theater. I come around the tunnel, uh, and standing in the hallway is Morgan Freeman. Ooh. Yeah, right. <laughs> and there's a little nod of people around him, you know, some at a respectful distance, but, you know, I mean, he's a you know an important person, right? Yes. So people want to be around him, want to meet him, want to say and hello. And hear him. So I'm walking down the hallway one way. He's walking down the other. And I'm like, I am walking up to Morgan Freeman. And he says, hello, how are you? Yes. (laughs) And that Morgan Freeman voice. He has the voice of God. Yes. And I said, hi, I'm Eric Shepard. It's nice to meet you. And he said, it's nice to meet you. And and what do you do at Actors Theater of Louisville? And I said, well, you know, I'm I'm, I'm an acting uh, apprentice and I'm appearing in this particular show. um, And I'm actually from Texas. And it's an honor to meet you, sir. He said, the pleasure is mine. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I get it. This guy has charisma. He has a magnetism. There's a a gravitas. There's there's a sense of presence Mm -hmm. about him that you you can't define, you know, but it's real. Mm -hmm. It's the real deal. I get why on camera this comes through and Mm -hmm. why he consistently gets hired as, you know, the detective or the, you know, the the, uh, voice of God or whatever it is. (laughs) This guy's got something going Mm -hmm. on, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And... I think that conversation was 30 to 45 seconds long, but it was over 20 years ago, and I can I can remember it vividly. Love that. Yeah, so it's a theater story. Yeah. You know, uh, I met a famous actor in the theater that we all appreciated, right. and it had nothing to do with performance. It was uh, a, a real encounter. Well, can I share mine? Yeah, absolutely. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I don't get to share yeah. this that often. Once upon a time, I was in Play On, which uh, was on Broadway mm-hmm. in... Um, Late late nineties, early two thousands, musical Duke Ellington celebration, all that good stuff. And mm. I was a, a dancer, and then I understudied the lead. And so we opened at the Pasadena Playhouse, okay, in Pasadena. And I was doing this, you know, like you were saying, life while I was in business school. I was performing while I was wow. in business school, and so everybody would file through the audience, mm-hmm. you know. Gregory Hines, uh, TV showrunner XYZ, mm-hmm. Hollywood director, da, 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 da. and so when I we got done with the show one night, someone said Angela Bassett and Courtney Vance are downstairs because once they would see the show, mm-hmm. they'd all come down, yes. uh, you know, downstairs to the green room, meet us, you know, things of that nature. And I don't know what happened, but I didn't get to meet Angela Bassett, and I was. Still this day, I'm such a fan of her work and just everything. And someone said, she's gone. I'm like, what do you mean she's gone? <laughs> so, Eric, I race out of the green. I'm running in the parking lot trying to find Angela Bassett and Courtney Vance. And I'm like, Miss Bassett, Miss Bassett. And she happens to turn around. And just like you, I... It's an honor that you came to our show. It's such a pleasure to meet you. I love your work. I want to be like you one day. And she goes, no, dear, be better than me. I said, whoa. (laughs) I said, can I get your autograph? So she signed my script, Uh you know, what I had. And to your point, uh, that was 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Totally remember it. Yeah. Totally remember it. Yeah, there's these impactful moments, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and and it is a theatrical moment, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you were you were performing, she was performing, or you were watching yourself. Yeah, yeah. 
And I remember telling my mom, what did she mean? Be better than, you know, I thought about that. It made me think. And then I was like, okay, I will be better (laughs) one day. I'll be my best with it. Fantastic. Okay. So what's next for the Waco Civic Theater? (laughs) Well, what's very next is we're doing a virtual cabaret. Okay. Uh, Christmas songs uh, sung by uh, people who are singing uh, classic country. So there's a Dolly Parton and there's a uh, Hank Williams and there's a a Patsy Cline, but there's also a little bit more contemporary country, uh, Lucy Hale. And each of those artists, uh, we filmed them last week and the week before, uh, sings a song or two from the career, like, you know, the Patsy Cline sings I Fall to Pieces. Mm -hmm. And then she sings Winter Wonderland. (laughs) Right. So uh, we're trying to combine uh, this area's love of country music Mm -hmm. with everybody's attachment to Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Christmas music if you haven't gotten sick of it in the grocery store already or, you know, uh, wherever it is that you go. I I, I love it. And when it's done well, you know, it's like, okay, I I get why we listen to this stuff year after year. Winter Wonderland Mm -hmm. has been done many, many times. But Mm -hmm. the way she sings it, I get it. Now, Uh, what about 2021? What's coming down the pike? So in 2021, uh, there's a one-man show about a a civil rights leader called An Atom Experiment Mm -hmm. that we're uh, looking at. You may be familiar Mm -hmm. with this show. Uh, and uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That'll be in February. Yes. Um, just prior to that, our delayed production of Your Good Man, Charlie Brown from okay. this summer will be filmed. Um, and I, I'm not sure when we get to return to live theater. Uh, mm-hmm. We're trying to remount our uh, uh, rescheduled production of uh, Jane Austen's Emma, okay. uh, which was supposed to be last uh, uh, March and April. And I think we're going to do it that same time frame, but we're mm-hmm. going to film it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think what we're going to do, because I, I think that it makes more sense to uh, mount the Music Man in the summer when we feel like we've reached herd immunity or mm-hmm. a sense of safety or whatever, because mm-hmm. I'd like a larger cast and I'd like a larger audience mm-hmm. and I'd like greater production values okay. than for live theater than we can currently do with our filming. Okay. Uh, in the short term, in talking about those shows, one of the things that we're uh, really trying to do, and we invested invested a quite a bit of time and, and uh, uh, resources into trying to make a theatrical experience uh, more uh, gripping and more personal and more impactful. Mm-hmm. I've seen plenty of productions because you know people frequently bootleg uh, theater productions, or they do their own at theaters. Every theater mm-hmm. in the country, you know, has been archiving their own mm-hmm. productions, and as long as you don't charge money for it, you know, it's right. been no big deal. Mm-hmm. Now every theatrical license comes with a streaming license uh, with a few exceptions, mm-hmm. uh, Music Man being one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what you often see is a single camera or a camera that's far away. Very true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the rules are, you know, particular about the way you make it, but w- we want to produce theater as long as we're going virtual that uh, feels like you're having an intimate experience with a performer. Mm-hmm. You don't get the feel like of being in the room. You know, you can't hear their voice echoing off the back wall or your chest doesn't vibrate when they hit that high note. Mm-hmm. But uh, you can see the emotion in their face or yes. you can see the intention behind that particular line of song or dialogue. And mm-hmm. so uh, our challenge will be to create a theatrical experience that feels more like a thing that you would see on a screen mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and to have that that kind of um, uh Immediacy. Yes. So uh, that's the challenge in whatever we do right now for filming. And I think, you know, because streaming is here to stay, 
then once we get back to live performance, how do we incorporate that same feeling so that if you want to watch it from your living room or your tablet or whatever, you uh, have a strong experience of the show, not mm-hmm. that that pale thing that we all used to see. Right. Because you know? that was a truism, you know, theater never looks good on, exactly. on TV, right? right? Well, then along came Hamilton and went, oh, well, that's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. And some of the shows have been pretty good. You know, the Fox version of Grease was not mm-hmm. bad, right? Mm-hmm. Or the NBC uh, Good Morning uh, Baltimore. What is that? Uh, uh, Hairspray. Hairspray. Yeah, mm-hmm. sorry. Um, those and were Jesus not, Christ Superstar, uh, they did a great job. That was fantastic. With J- uh, John Legend. Mm-hmm. That was fantastic because they used the camera differently and they mm-hmm. created more of a concert setting. And we're all familiar with concert films. Mm-hmm. So that had a kind of resonance that some of the other productions didn't. You know? Right. Uh, and so that's the kind of experience we want people to have. Fantastic. That's exciting. It is exciting. It's challenging, <laughs> you know. Always got to keep challenging yourself. Always, always. That's how you get better. Yeah. I, I think that's right. Yes. You don't get better by doing the stuff you already know how to do not as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> And then also, too, you know, my expertise in terms of marketing mm-hmm. is just going to help market to a whole nother generation, perhaps, yes. like my students at Baylor, mm-hmm. who may who may find you when, you know, they're spending those 8, 10, 12 hours because they do spend 8, 10, 12 hours on YouTube yes. or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. So it's it's wonderful. Yeah, wonderful. you want to give them a reason to, to click over to you. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah. once they do that, have a good experience, then they're buying a ticket next, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we're about done. Okay. So now we're going to enter the next set of questions, which are the real, which is the real value speed round. Okay, okay. lightning round. Here we go. Lightning round. Do, 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 do. Okay, here we go. What does Hollywood do well? Uh, big blockbusters mm-hmm. uh, and uh, introduce us to uh, actors whose careers we want to and directors whose careers we want to follow. Okay, what can Hollywood do better? Spread out the wealth so that many more voices can be heard because the most interesting films are not necessarily Avengers films. Amen. What's the climate in Hollywood in 2020, in your opinion? Uh, Retrenching, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, They found ways to get stuff to a screen and uh, it remains to be seen whether going to HBO Max Mm -hmm. is going to keep those studios alive because the economics are all different. Mm -hmm. and I think what they also did along with the rest of us is made us go, how can we do this under different circumstances? How can we do this better? And because the people who are successful in that industry are successful because they're resourceful, intelligent, insightful mm-hmm. people, they are among the industries to which other industries look for innovation yes. uh, and for uh, resilience. Fantastic. So let's pivot. Yes. Um what about the theater world? What does theater do well? Uh, theater gives us the experience of being human in in the moment of being human. Mm-hmm. So we are present for another performer being present. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that kind of energy is not replaceable on a screen. Right. Um, it's great. I mean, we can tell great stories on screens, but there's nothing to replace the immediacy of another person. And we know that from, you know, Zooming <laughs> for the last <laughs> nine months. We want to be around human yes. beings and we want to hear the stories in person. We want to feel some sense of what they're feeling. And that's a thing that uh, uh, no other art form does for us. Mm-hmm. What can theater do better? Well, one of the things I just talked about is... Uh, make itself more impactful through a camera, right, Mm -hmm. Uh, than it has been uh, heretofore. Uh, One of the other things it can do is uh, reinforce for us that which we already know and have been talking about a bit is that there are so many voices and so many ways of telling stories, so Mm -hmm. many stories to be told, uh, 
and if those stories are authentically told from the point of view of the storyteller, uh, wider than that, from the community, their culture from which they're told, they have universal appeal. Yes. Uh, and, and again, there's no other way to experience it than being in the presence of another human. Mm-hmm. And then finally, mm-hmm. what in an ideal world, what yeah. do you want your contribution to be in theater? Um, I, I think about Waco Civic Theater because this is where I am, right? Uh, I, I think what I would love uh, when I retire many, many years from now, <laughs> when I retire, is that uh, the physical structure itself of the building would be uh, a welcoming and updated place where people feel comfortable and, and say, yeah, I mean, we have a cool theater in our town. There it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, that what goes on inside the building is that uh, artists of um, every stripe and descri- description, whatever their their uh, their background is, whatever their uh, field of interest is, mm-hmm. uh, whatever is their motivation to come in the building, are uh, finding places t- uh, to contribute. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that um, you know, uh, it's called a civic theater. Another uh, name for them is community theaters, yes. right? Uh, and if people say about Waco Civic Theater that it's truly civic-minded, that it's truly a community theater, then I will have made a, uh, an important contribution to its life there. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Eric, thank for you. being on Real Values, Real News. And I invite all the listeners to come celebrate with all of us with the Waco Family and Faith International Film Festival. And Eric and his receiving of the Champions mm-hmm. Award on February 4th will be doing that. You don't even know this yet. As a part of the our Celebrity Golf Classic what? on February 4th. Yes, yes. More to come, more to come. Okay. But, you know, check us out, wacofilmfest.org. Be there and celebrate Eric and your your class of uh, 2021 fellow Champions Award recipients. It's going to be a, fun. It's an honor to be asked. Thank you. Thank you for accepting. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, Eric. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. It's thanks, great. doctor. <laughs> well, that's it for today's episode of Real Values, Real News. Many thanks to our sponsors, TFNB, Your Bank for Life, our founding partner, for the Waco Family and Faith International Film Festival. Also thanks to AARP Florida, our founding partner for the Florida Family and Faith International Film Festival. Thanks to Pruitt Memorial Symposium, Marie's, and the G.B. Lindsay Family Charitable Fund. I am your host, Dr. Tyra Lindsay Warren, and it has been a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you for listening. And please join us again for our next episode of Real Values, Real News. And always remember to let your light shine.